What number is this, Chip? Zilch 180, a retrocon preview, and remembering our friend and fellow Zilcher, David Alexander. Okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Welcome to Zilch. This is one of your hosts, Sarah Clark, and joining me today is the wonderful, amazing button queen, Christine Carlson Wolf. Hello, hello, Sarah. It's so good to hear from you and be on the air with you. It's been a while. I know. We've all been very busy doing our things. Ken's been in his side of the clubhouse. I've kind of been in my side of the clubhouse. And, you know, it's good to good to cross the streams every now and again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was going to say, they've had me in the Monkey Mania radio uh, wing of the clubhouse. So, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a busy we, we time. Yeah, we had to, like, put on that new edition a few months ago. You guys are doing some great work over there. I try to catch you in the afternoons at work when I can, and I just I love everything that's going on over there. I unfortunately don't have time to be involved in MMR right now. I've got too many things on my plate as is with the other podcast, but I, um, I am a I am a big listener and a big fan. Well, so. I appreciate that. I will say thank you for all the other boss jocks at Monkey Mania Radio on yes. Live three sixty five. Everybody <laughs> needs to check it out. If you need your your monkeys fix in between Zilch episodes, that's your spot. So. Today is a little bit on a sadder note than I had anticipated when we were planning this episode. Um, as we record this yesterday, actually, the news dropped that longtime Monkees keyboardist and vocalist David Alexander passed away. He appeared on Zilch several times. I think his first appearance was quite early in the show. He's He's been a longtime friend of the show and fan of the show, and he will absolutely be missed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was um, expected, sadly, because he had been quite sick for quite a while with cancer. But nonetheless, when when these things happen, it's still a shock. It's still um, it takes you takes you aback. Uh, and so I was not prepared when I when I received the news. Um, so it's it's very sad. Many of the band members from the touring band for the Monkees have all um, expressed their condolences, and I've put together some of those, and I thought I'd read them here. I'm going to start off with an honorary band member, Jody Ritson, mm-hmm. who, uh, of course, uh, works with Mickey, worked with Mike, uh, and is Pretty involved in all things monkeys uh, road related. She wrote, David Alexander was extremely loved by everyone. He was a big kid. He loved to play. Whether it was play with Mickey, Davey, Peter, or Mike, he loved what he did. 
he loved those guys and he loved to play with the band. He loved to play with the fans and he loved to play with video games. He was just a big kid. As big as he was, his heart was bigger. He always made sure I was okay when alone at the shows. You know, when you're out in strange cities alone by yourself, it can be scary. But Dave always watched out for me. And he loved Mickey so much. And he was so funny. I met Nez because of Dave, which changed my life, which changed many of yours. He was very talented, and this hurts. If it means anything, just the other day, when I asked if I could do anything for him, he said, pray that this ends soon. His wish came true. Yeah. Monkey's drummer, Rich Dart, wrote this. I've lost a dear friend. He was the first person who I befriended when I was the new guy in the Mickey Dolan's band. He made me laugh and he made me smile. He knew the Beatles music better than anybody, and he was incredibly passionate about it. He loved playing the music of the Monkees, both with Mickey's solo band and with the Monkees. And he was one of the veterans when I came on board, and he took me in and filled me in about everything. I'm glad he's no longer suffering, but I'm extremely sad that I won't get to laugh with him again. I love you, Dave. Oh. Marty Ross had this to say. Everyone that ever knew David Alexander knew a guy that was incredibly kind and immensely talented. He's playing upstairs now, and he'll be in a lot of demand because he can play anything. <laughs> Good night, and may your light continue to shine from your soul on to the dancing angels. David Alexander, rest in peace. Alex Jules, who was the keyboardist for the Monkees when David was no longer playing with them, said this. I'm very sad to hear about the passing of David Alexander. He was a sweetheart and an extremely talented musician and lover of music. I'm very glad that I finally got the opportunity to play some shows with him earlier this year, which were very tough for him, but something he was determined to do. All my love, Dave. John Billings, bassist for the Monkees and for Mickey, said... Hi, this is John Billings of the Monkees Touring Band and Mickey Dolans. And Ken Mills has graciously let me come on MMR and Zilch and, and, uh, and say a few things about our brother David Alexander, who we lost just the other day. Um, this is a day that I think the guys in the band kind of knew was, was, was coming, was imminent. But of course, once it happened, as it always does, it just takes the wind out of you. And I think it's done that very thing to all of us. But um, one thing that's been really cool is, as always, Dave's got us laughing. <laughs> I got to talk to Wayne today, and we got to share some stories. And Rich and I have been sharing a few. And um, it's been really cool. Even in death, Dave is making us laugh. And I think that's one of his gifts. Um, he always kind of made us laugh. And... Um, 
We miss them so very much. Um, when you tour in a band, it's, you know, it's work. I always tell people that it's a job. It's a J-O-B. You show up on time. You do your job. When the work's over, you go home. You make everybody look good when you're working. You um, get along with everybody. You don't bring your personal stuff on the road. You just come to do your work and you go home. But what really ends up happening, of course, is if you've been in something a number of years, you get to have a relationship with everyone and everyone becomes your brothers, your sisters. Um, you you become tight with everybody. And over the years, the last well over a decade, um, I got to know David Alexander. We all did. We all got to know each other. And David was, um, he was the funniest cat. I think one of the things I remember the most was I never knew Davy Jones. I came on after Davy, and I never got to hear him speak other than what you hear on TV. But David would tell these stories about Davy and these crazy adventures that they'd all have. And he would use Davy's voice. And it was so, <laughs> if you closed your eyes, it was like having Davy in the room and hearing him say these things for himself. Um, David loved Davy. David loved Peter, you know, he, he loved those guys dearly, loves Mickey, um, and he loved Nez. He loved the monkeys. He loved being part of that organization. He loved um, playing those songs. He felt a real responsibility to doing it right. And anyone that knows Dave knows he wants it done right. He wants it done the way it was supposed to be done. And um, that's how he treated the monkeys' music. That's how he treated everything he did with us on stage. And off stage, he was fun. He was silly. He'd always ask about my kids. He was just a good dude. He loved Amy, and Amy loved him. The last time the Monkees were in Boston, um, I brought Amy up to the show because she'd never been to Boston before. And I said, okay, well, I'm leaving the next day, but you have got to stay in town and see this place before you head back to Nashville. And Dave took a day off from work. And took her all around the city, and she had just the most amazing adventure and the best time with that guy. And that's just the kind of person he was. And we all know him here. You guys know, whoever's listening to my voice right now, you knew Dave, and you knew that that's the kind of thing he would do. He would do anything for anybody. And, um, man, Dave, we miss you, buddy. I'm raising my glass. Everyone, here it is. No, the ice melted. You can't hear anything. I'm raising my glass to David Alexander. We love you, buddy. And we're going to miss you. Cheers. Coco Dolans had this to say. My heart is saddened by the passing of our dear friend, David Alexander. David was family to all of us. He worked with Davies solo shows for many years, then Mickey's solo shows and various incarnations of the monkeys. Here he's doing what he loved best, playing. And she showed a picture, and she said this was in Australia. He had a big smile on his face in that photo, too, I remember. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. We will put it in the show notes. Yes. If there was a piano to be found, David would find it. Many times we would find ourselves before or after shows or back at the hotel singing Beatles songs from A to Z. There wasn't one that he didn't know. He was a gentle, talented soul, always with a quick smile, and I miss him. Rest in peace, dear friend. And finally, Mickey had this to say. A sad, sad day. 
Rest in peace, my beautiful friend and bandmate, David Alexander. We shared so many years of music and laughs together. For 25 years in the various monkey, Mickey configurations, you were the consummate musician and vocalist. We will miss you terribly, Lofi. Wherever you are, you'll rock them. Yep. Yeah, and I was just, as you were reading these out, I was sort of reflecting on my experiences with uh, David Alexander. I, obviously, I didn't know him anywhere near as well as those folks, but I always had, um, I always enjoyed talking to him, both on the podcast and when we'd bump into each other and chat before or after concerts. Um, I've mentioned here a, a few times that my um, my younger brother is actually a touring uh, keyboardist. He's he's played for um, both Anne and Nancy Wilson of Heart, uh, plays with Amy Ray of Indigo Girls, other other groups around the country, and and so I understand that life of the keyboardist and of the touring musician. And, and I always just like to, you know, when, when we bump into each other, we just catch up and I'd see how he was doing. And he always had a smile on his face and a joke. And I think the thing I will remember most about him is, um, the last time I saw shoe suede blues, which may actually have been one of the last shoe suede blues concerts, uh, was in Hartford, uh, Connecticut. And Dave had driven down from Massachusetts to come to the show, and he actually wound up uh, going on stage to play a couple of numbers at the end of the uh, at, at the end of the show. And um, we were all kind of waiting for the doors to open, and he comes up to me, rushes up to me, and I'm like, "Oh, hi, Dave, how you doing?" And he's like, "Do you have buttons?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and I and I was like, "How many? How many do you need?" And he's like, "Well, okay, there's Coco, and there's Rich, and there's..." And I'm just standing there. Oh, holy crap! I'm about to give zilch buttons to the entire Monkeys backing <laughs> band, and so I just, you know, I dig up a handful and I shovel them at him. And he had it on stage when he went up there later in the evening, and I think a couple of the other. She sweet blues folks had him on too. And then of course, like a few weeks later, um, Christine and I and Ken were at the big family arena show in St. Louis. And I think all of them, but the guys themselves had the zilch buttons on. And that was just, that was like amazing. And that was just, that was because Dave was as much as he was a member of the band and such a great, uh, such a great keyboardist and such a great instrumentalist. Go back and listen to live recordings. He is just amazing. But beyond that, he was a fan of the Monkees, too. He could get just as excited about their TV shows and the older recordings as the rest of us. And that would, it was what made it so fun to have him on the show and to be able to hang out with him when our paths crossed. I agree. Yeah, it was always fun to uh, meet up uh, with uh, the different Zilch uh, fans and friends at whatever concert we were at. And if Dave was there, yeah, you're right. He was looking for buttons. He was looking to give out a hug and a smile. And um, uh, he was he was just a genuinely, genuinely sweet guy. Yeah. I think that the monkeys kind of tend to draw that kind of person to the band, you know, that, that, uh, everybody that we could talk about in the band just are so genuinely kind and nice. And he's gonna, he's gonna be missed very much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I joke a lot that, that, that 
monkeys people, BWE fans, or people associated. Or I, I sometimes joke of the monkeys community as being a little bit of the island of misfit toys at times. <laughs> and I very much include myself in that. But we're also, yeah, David is just such a great example of how at the bottom, you know, this community is just filled with wonderful, kind, big hearted people. And he was he's just like the perfect example of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am actually going to turn the mic over to the podfather, Ken Mills, who wants to share his own remembrance of David Alexander and then a little extra musical treat that we will be playing today in honor and memory of our fan and our friend and friend of the show, David Alexander. Thank you, Christine and Sarah. As you know, David Alexander was a friend to all of us here at Zilch and to all of us on the Zilch Facebook page. My monkey friends are all sad because we have lost David Alexander, a good friend to the community. He will not be forgotten. Thank you for the music and the friendship, Dave. I will miss his phone calls. We did a couple of interviews, and they never really stopped. He was one of those guys that just loved to talk. He loved music, crappy movies like me, video games. He loved the Beatles, and he loved music. We would talk about everything. He was a cheerleader in my weight loss. We would talk when I was working while he played video games. Or maybe on the way home or the way to someplace. And we would talk while he was in the hospital. While he was in the hospital, he was afraid that we wouldn't remember him. But we do, and we will. I spoke to him about two weeks ago. I had no idea it would be the last time that we would get to talk. Dave had taken a recording of Peter Tork doing Till Then on the guitar from the Wolfgang's Vault appearance. Dave tried to imagine a full band arrangement with background vocals, drums, the whole nine yards. He worked it out, and then Peter passed. He originally did it for the Zilch podcast in honor of Peter's passing. But prior to that, there was a hope that they would all get to play it as a band someday. I asked him if we could play the song on Monkey Mania Radio, and he lit up. He said, please. So we added it to the library at the station, and he was so happy, and he thanked me and he thanked me, and I thanked him, and I thanked him. It was kind of like Chip and Dale. I think Dave was like that with a lot of people. I wish I could have known that it would have been our last conversation. Maybe it was good that I didn't know. Either way, it was all left on the table. From what I was told, he was with people that cared for him at the hospital. But Dave, it goes way beyond that room at that hospital. So many people miss you. So Lofi, Dave, David, Edith, Buddy Hackett, Mr. Melodica, Beetle fan, Monkey fan, friend and brother, you go with our love. No matter how warm it is today or how pretty the day is outside, it is so cold and dark today. Thank you for the music and the smiles. Up next is a recording of David paying tribute to Peter Tork. You can tell how much being in the monkeys touring band meant to him and it's really the reason that we knew him but he was so much more than that and here he is talking about what he learned from peter tork and then following that in tribute to peter tork his version of till then with backing vocals and instrumentation from dave alexander and peter tork 
My memories of Peter Tork. Oh my goodness. There are so many lovely memories, but uh, one of the things that he really taught me and opened my eyes to is that, you see, as a musician, I consider myself a rhythm player. I don't really consider myself like someone who's good at uh, playing lead or taking a solo or improvising in that manner. But Peter really helped me open that door uh, in my musicianship. He really encouraged me to just kind of be myself and feel the music and like not be afraid of it. Because I, I don't know, uh, being around a guy like Wayne, <laughs> hearing him improvise all the time, or even Peter playing his solos, it, you know, I'm like, I can't do that. But no, nope, Peter really helped me out in that manner greatly. <laughs> you know, not that I'm really any good at it or anything. <laughs> I feel better about it. I feel better about uh, my soloing now. And I thank you, Peter. <laughs> For a personal uh, memory about Peter, a favorite personal memory of mine was, uh, I think it was 2013 when we went out on the road for a 24-date run. There were three buses, one for Mike, one for Mickey, and one for Peter. And Rich and I were put on Peter's bus in you know which is fine i mean we all get along but you know this is just how it worked out and it's fine um i don't know if how many of you know this but peter when he lived in connecticut he had many maple trees on his property and he actually harvested uh maple syrup and made his own maple syrup well on this particular tour he happened to bring a big old jug of his homemade maple syrup on the road and we got a griddle <laughs> which plugs in in the bus and one morning he you know we woke up and he made pancakes for all of us and he, we ate his homemade maple syrup and oh my god <laughs> i don't know why that just memory stands out as the sweetest thing to me like i mean pancakes and homemade maple syrup you can't with Peter Tork. You can't really get too much better than that. <laughs> and needless to say, the pancakes and maple syrup were completely delicious. <laughs> I will miss his warm smile and his intense loving hugs the most in this current time, but I'm sure I will see him again as he's up there with other people that <laughs> we all know and love. I love you, Peter, so much. And uh, thank you for everything. Wanting to play with Peter Tork one last time, David Alexander took the raw track of Peter Tork playing Till Then and made it sound like a full band was playing with Peter. I, um, I heard this song. I don't know who pointed it out to me. Uh, the Mills Brothers did it. It's, and you can tell when you hear the lyrics. It's, it's a World War II song. It harked back to a time when the American forces thought that what they were fighting for was you know, freedom and for all. Um, now American forces are basically fighting not to get swamped. And I don't know if anybody knows what the exact mission of the American forces overseas is or missions are. But this was back to a simpler, happier time. Um, and uh, after World War II came uh, suburbs, 
houses, a thriving middle class, a strong union movement. <sighs> so I'm going to do this to remind me of those days in hopes that it cheers me up. It's called um, Till Then, which will come as no surprise when you hear the lyric, which is just full of that line. Till then, my darling, please wait for me. Till then, no matter when it will be. Till then, when I can hold you again, please wait. Till then, our dreams will live though we are apart. Our love. I know we'll keep in our heart Till then When all the world will be free Please wait for me I know there are oceans we must cross And mountains we must climb I know every gain must have its loss so pray that our loss is nothing but time Till then, till then We'll call on each memory Till then, till then No matter when it will be Till then When I can hold you again Please wait We must cross And mountains We must climb I know Every gain must have its loss So pray that our loss Is nothing but time Till then Till then We'll call on each memory Till then Till then No matter when it will be following is from a video that John Billings posted. This is from November 7th, 2012, backstage somewhere. Here is Dave Alexander. So I've been with the Monkees in different inceptions since 95. I actually met Davey in 93. He asked me to join his band in 95. So I've been in and out of different tours with Mickey Davey Peter, Mickey Davey, Just Davey. About six years ago, I been playing with Mickey um, keyboards and um, it's been a huge part of my life and it's been a ride that I'll never forget. I hope continues as long as possible. Working with Nez is pretty fun because he's uh, a real fun, interesting guy to work with. And, uh, he keeps me laughing and uh, I think it's going to be a really good tour. So uh, hang on to your seats, folks. Yeah, so I met Mickey in 90, 95, 96, started playing with him in the Monkees, and uh, I've been his keyboard player for since 
well, for about five or six years now. And um, just been having a good time on the road and off the road and uh, been part of my life and have many happy memories of many fun shows and uh, a lot of cruises that I uh, kind of kind of forget but kind of remember a little fuzzy but uh it's been a good run good time so i'm happy to be here still david alexander loved davy jones i mean they were really close and they had a great relationship and they would always cut up with one another here is part of davy jones live where he brings the band out and features them. And in this case, he's bringing out Sandy Gennaro and Dave Alexander to do something that Davy just absolutely loved, their version of Edith and Archie. After that is Dave doing an imitation just for Davy. Of course, Davy wants everyone to know that he is standing up in comparison to Dave with how tall he was. Davy Jones called Dave Alexander Lofi sometimes because he was big like meatloaf. And he could also sound like him. So here is David Alexander doing his meatloaf for Davey and us, the fans. Thank you, Dave. Hey, what about this band then, all right? Are they good or what? Come on, folks. So listen, here's the deal. We, we have this tour bus that we occasionally go on. It's like that, but it's been, it's been repossessed, but we, we, we're working on it. <laughs> We have this tour bus, right? And so it's unbelievable. It's got like 12 bunks in it. And we, you know, we all choose the bunks and we, we go, off we go and then come back about six months later. But you know, on the bunk, we also got these it's rooms at the back with like sort of video games. He's always playing the bloody games, so you can't play nothing in the back there. But it's like you can't watch movies. But sometimes when we all get together, um, we, we, we sort of like mess about and, and do, do bits and pieces and we show off with each other. And the other night they were doing this thing from all in the family, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're going to do it? Yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. He's going to play, he's going to play Edith, of course, do the Edith thing. Right. And he's playing Archie. Archie, you know, it talks like this, you know, hey, what she's doing, you know. I've only been in the country two days. I'm speaking the language. It's unbelievable. So anyway, what happens is Gloria, the daughter, is going to have a baby, okay? So Edith has got to go up into the attic to get some supplies. She's got to go way up into the attic to get supplies, okay? Way up in the attic to get supplies. There she goes up into the attic. There's plaster falling off the ceiling. She's far too high in the attic. Oh, there comes a foot through the ceiling. Anyway, so he's waiting for his beer. She's gone up to get supplies because Gloria's going to have a baby. Okay, take it from there. The same as you did the other night. Okay. Mind you, I had 17 lemonades and it was funny then. Are you going to laugh the same way that you did the other night? No, uh, no, I can't wet myself on stage. Oh, okay. <clears throat> eat it. Eat it, Bunker. Where are you, eat it, Bunker? I've been looking for you all day. You know, if they invented a pill for dingbats, She'd have a lifetime subscription over these, you know what I mean? Now eat it, oh, please eat it, my eyes. Eat it, please don't, please don't shake like that. You kind of resemble a sack full of ferrets having a fight. Now eat it. I see a beautifully set dinner table with the flowers and the napkins and the placemats and the everything. There's no dinner on it, eat it. And there's no beer in the beer glass, the most important thing. But where have you been all day? That's the question. Well, actually, you know, Gloria just had the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So 
I was upstairs with Sybil Gooley looking for the bassinet. Yeah. I got your Sybil Gooley right here, Edith. Now, Edith, bassinet? Yeah. yeah. Edith, do you know he ain't old enough to play one of those yet? Now, would you kindly stifle your big bad self and get the dinner on the table there, huh? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I noticed, hey, come out here a minute, Dave. You, you, uh, steady, slow down, slow, slow, slow down. Whoa, big boy. My God, you know I can see right up your nose. It's unbelievable you're so big. This is a prime example of didn't eat the vegetables, ate the bloody vegetables. Jeez, you're so... How big are you? Six, eight, six, nine? Six, two. You can't be six, two. I'm five, eleven and a half, man, you know. Hey, what's the deal? How do you put your belt on? With a boomerang or what? It's unbelievable. <laughs> he's so big, this guy. He's unbelievable. He's on both sides of the family. That's how big he is, this guy. Listen, uh, have you got any, uh, any, any special treats for us tonight? Like an impression? Like, like an impression, yeah. something like an impression. I could do meatloaf for you. I know you can do that, but what about an impression? All right, how about it? <laughs> well, I would do anything for love. I would do My goodness, I got a present. We will miss you, Dave. Absolutely. And something else I know about Dave is he would want the show to go on. He would want um, Zilch to keep zilching and doing our thing. So that is what we are going to do. We are going to proceed with the show as scheduled. And next up, I want to share a great conversation I had with Rosemary Ward Tuskai, who is the owner of RetroCon, where Mickey will be appearing on September 24th and 25th in Oaks, Pennsylvania at the Philadelphia Convention Center. And I am going to transition to Mickey so he can tell you all about it, and then we will go into that interview. Before we go, I have to tell everybody, Okay, find Sarah there. I've given her some buttons, so she will have zilch buttons for, for everybody who can find her at the RetroCon, so... Yes, sure I, will yours. Be, I will be wandering around the con floor. I will have my pink party hat. I will have my zilch buttons. And I will probably have my Nez sparkly shoes. And I might see if I can dig out my little purple spangly shoe suede blues tie. And I may be visible from space. We'll see how this goes. So. <laughs> I was going to say, but how will they know to find you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be... <laughs> well, my theory is it's, it's going to be a lot of 80s stuff too. Like um, uh, Transformers and Thundercats and... And um, stuff like that. So I'm sort of hoping like the the spangly 60s thing will kind of, you know, be a beacon. That, that, there you that, go. Yeah, there exactly. Go. <laughs> exactly. So so with that, Mickey, tell us all about RetroCon. 
Hi, this is Mickey Dolans, and I will be at RetroCon on September the 24th and 25th in Oaks, PA, at the Greater Philly Expo Center. I'll be signing autographs, taking photos with the Monkey Mobile both Saturday and Sunday. I hope you have a chance to come out and say hello. For more information, please check out their website at RetroCons.com. See you there. Zilch Nation, it is time to get ready for the 10th anniversary of RetroCon. RetroCon 2022 is coming September 24th and 25th to the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. And today I have with me Rosemary Ward Tuskai, the owner of RetroCon and the organizer of RetroCon. She's going to tell us all about the convention where Mickey will be appearing, where there'll be lots of toys and monkeys collectibles and great things from the 60s and the 80s and all one sorts of wonderful pop culture stuff. And she also has a great story about Davy and a uh, time that she got to interview him, but we will get to that here in a little bit. But first, I want to welcome Rosemary to Zilch. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to join you. Longtime monkey fan here. I know we were talking about that a little before we started, and I'd love to hear, and I'm sure Zilch Nation would love to hear about your monkey story. I'm sure anyone that's a monkeys fan has heard the Beatles too. Yeah. So, uh, my my mom and dad, back whenever they were dating, they used to tell me this all the time. And it mainly they started telling around the 80s, you know, when the monkeys made their comeback around MTV time. Well, um, my dad used to tell me all the time, well, your mom and I dated to the monkeys and the Beatles music. They were always listening to the tunes. And, you know, like they didn't have cable. They didn't have a lot of fancy stuff. So they would just lay around the bed listening to monkeys music all night long Aww. when they were dating. And um, so he's a big fan. And uh, when they came back in the mid 80s and they started showing up on MTV, my uncles, my dad, my mom, all of them, they all got excited over it. And uh, so my uncle made me this mixtape. And everywhere we went, my dad and I would travel around town, would be singing monkey songs everywhere. Any road trips, monkey songs. And um, it was just shared with the whole family. My sister had this big crush on Davey, and I had this big crush on Mike. I like the silent ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I can't. Silent. All he had to do was sit there and play the guitar, and I was perfectly happy. <laughs> Same thing with George, George Harrison. Just stand there and play your guitar all day. I'm happy. <laughs> but um, so we are big fans, and that around 2011, my friend was hosting an event, and this was right before we started doing RetroCon. And uh, we were going to his event all the time, and uh, Davey was there playing up on stage, so I got to hear him play. And um, I went to go to his table after the concert was over. We came in late, so I didn't get to see him before the concert. So I came in late, and, um, and I went over to see Davey, and he wasn't at his table. And one of his band members said, well, he's up in his room. And I knew I couldn't stay. My husband and I had to take off for some family affair. And um, so he says, why don't you give me your phone number and I'll have Davey call you. And I said, and I said, well, you know, I hope he calls. You know, I didn't know for sure. And within the week he called 
and I had a little audio recorder with me, one that you had put up to the phone. Yep. And I said, would you mind if I record this? You know, and he was like, sure. And we talked for a good 45 minutes just talk, talking about. And I did say I was a Monkees fan when I first started talking to him. And I talked a little bit about it, but I could tell he wanted to talk about other things that caught his interest. And so we started talking about horses. We started talking about plays he was on and plays he was planning. And um, we talked about our pets because I knew he had cats too. And my kitty cat hopped up while I was talking to him and I told him I was petting my cat. So he started talking about kitty cats. And um, in the end, before he got off, and this was in November of 2011, he was getting off the phone and he said he'd stay in contact, which he always did. He stayed in contact. And um, he told me, he says, when I come back to, you know, PA, he says, I've got a place out that way. You and I will go horseback riding. Because I said, I've never been on a horse. And he said, you and I'll go horseback riding. And I said, he said, we'll plan it. We'll plan it for the spring. And I said, that's perfect. But of course, he didn't yeah. make it. But I was so honored. Just I never got his autograph because I never thought to ask him for it because I knew we were planning to meet up. And he, he stayed in contact. And I probably could have emailed him and said, can you send me an autograph? But I have something better. I have that audio. Yes, you do. And we're actually, thank you so much for sharing that audio with me. You shared me about, uh, about 15, 20 minutes from that conversation. And we will be posting a link for people to download the whole, listen to the whole content of it and in the show notes for this episode, if you go to the Facebook group. But I wanted to play the part that was really most interesting to me because you don't think of Davy Jones as a history buff. I mean, you don't not think of him, but it's just not something you would connect with. But you guys really talk, uh, got to talking about um, history and British history, specifically in the 1930s and 40s, because he was actually working on a play at the time set in the post, excuse me, set in the pre-war era of the 30s in a small town in England. And right now, Zilch Station, I'm going to play you possibly for the first time ever, the story of Davy's play that he was working on. Actually, talking theatre, which is the most important thing I would imagine of all, is that um, we just really recently finished writing a musical um, that's based in, in England uh, in, 19, in the 30s, uh, just prior to the war, uh, uh, Second World War. Um, and it's called The Call, The Call, T-H-E-C-A-L-L, The Call. And it's, um, it's, it's really about a town in England uh, and all the people that live in it and, and the people that are enlisted and the people that went and some of the people that obviously didn't come back. So that's pretty exciting. The music's absolutely refreshing compared with what I've heard so far from Broadway and from other productions. It's a, it's a traditional musical. Yeah, you know what that that actually sounds pretty good because um, besides doing interviews like this, I'm huge into history. I've got like a stack of the books that are centered on uh, Civil War and then centered on the uh, Second War, the World War Two, and Germany and everything. And uh, it really sounds interesting. It sounds like it would be a good theater to listen to see. Yeah, well, it's it's it's, it's, it's about a, a town in England, and it's it's got um, different characters. You know, it's got the the, the 
the three girls that are you know ladies of the night, and it's got it's got you know the the, the you know the Salvation Army, you know, and and it's got the the normal um, um, life of of the village, and then all of a sudden it turns into an enlistment, and 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 I think really the songs are the are the key. Um, the songs, the story, um, as I say, it's about all these different villages, uh, the different people, and it's 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 semi-narrated by the leading character, um, who finds a, a young girl back in the twenties and thirties in the streets of London, as you now know, in the streets of Buenos Aires and Brazil and all around the world, there are homeless children who live on the streets. Well, it was the same was in England at the time. Um, it was a very difficult time. It was only 30 years before that seven and eight-year-olds were down in the mines, you know, digging coal. So um, it, it's, it's a very um, interesting story, the fact that we are also going to be using news footage and film and all kinds of, you know, sort of memories. There was one occasion you might be interested in is that, you know, we in England are great fans of the game of soccer. Yeah. Well, uh, on, on Christmas Day in the 40s, um, before the war was over, the German soldiers put down their rifles and the English soldiers put down their rifles and they had a football match, a soccer game. And they played each other. And then after the game, they went back to their, you know, their bunkers and their... And their you know, safe places, and, and, and the war continued. But it seems quite interesting to imagine that um, that yeah. would um, be a, a something that would happen or was allowed to happen. And that is honestly how down the earth and how much we just talked about anything we were talking about. And I told him when we started talking, I said, I will admit I'm a Monkees fan, but my main reason... We're talking to you is just to know what you're doing, what your feelings are, what yeah. you're interested. So. Yeah, and and you could tell that it was um, it was very much like what we try for at Zilch. We have had the amazing pleasure and privilege and honor to get to interview all three of the monkeys who were still with us. But when Zilch started, Zilch started in 2014, so unfortunately we missed Davy. But we try to do that. We try not to ask like the same old questions that every other interview says is like, I'm a believer. You're not, you know, were you a real band? What was the, you know, <laughs> did you live in yeah, the South? All that crap. We never ask those kinds of questions. And that's what I love so much about this snippet. I really hope people download and listen to the whole thing because, um, you get a little bit of Davy Jones, the actual human being, which I think is really fascinating. And I've always felt a little bad. We never got to interview him for the show, but that one really makes me feel bad because I think it would have been, it, well, your conversation was just, it was an amazing conversation. I'm glad you captured it. I am too. And like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't really planned to be professional. It was planned to just be something that I could save as a memory. So yeah. when people listen to it, understand that I'm just this excited fan that's talking to someone I've admired for years. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we all we all can relate to that. So so you had a, a, a this wonderful experience with Davey. Are there any other kind of monkey memories you want to share from over the years? 
Well, I will say in 2004 was my very, very first encounter with a monkey. Mm -hmm. And I have to find the picture. I don't know where it is right now. But um, I met Peter at an event, another friend's event that was hosting one in 2004. And um, I met him and I was as nervous as I was for Pete, you know, with uh, Davey. I was so nervous. Yep. And I must have sound like, like such a such the geek, right? But um, he, I got a picture with him and I look at it till this day. I can look at that picture and say, oh, he's so cute. He's so adorable in that mm -hmm. picture. Yeah, no, and I, I said, totally know. Yes. <laughs> and no matter how old he got, you know, even in their 70s, oh, my gosh, they're such handsome guys, you know? Oh, yeah, and they have all, and in Mickey's case, continue to age so wonderfully. I still remember this crazy thing that happened um, in 2012, actually. September of 2012, I went up to Michigan with a few friends of mine to see Peter play with Shoe Suede Blues um, at a concert up there. And just by sheer dumb fangirl luck, we ended up in the same hotel as Peter. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and this was like a couple of years before Zilch even. So, so that was just like another random fangirl. And so like what the, the, the morning of the show, we're like downstairs in the breakfast buffet eating and... Like I glance up and there's Peter Tork wandering in with like bedhead and <laughs> all like in a, in, a, in a ratty t-shirt. I'm like, okay, this is this. We've crossed over to the time Twilight Zone now. And if you know, of course we let him be and had our breakfast and had his breakfast. And then we left and my husband turned to me and it's like, was that guy Peter Tork? You looked like him. And I said, uh-huh. He said, isn't he older than that? I was like, no, he just looks that good. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I mean he, yeah. he looked really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. So adorable. And yeah. I have to find that picture, but I still look at it and say, oh my gosh, so dreamy. Yeah. You know, so yep. dreamy. Yep. And um I've been to uh Mike's concerts. I used to go to all of his concerts when he would have them in college field. Mm -hmm. Do you remember where the, the theater is for the blob? Oh yeah, yeah. Not, not in College Bill, but in Phoenixville. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, in I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was at uh, one of those ones at the Colonial. Yeah, I went to the you know, like the first one after you had a heart surgery. I was I was at that one. His first I, I went, after that. I went to everyone that he had at that uh, yeah Phoenixville one, but I I never knew until it was after that Peter Tork was playing, or I would have been to his too. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mickey, I've only met briefly. And it was uh, after one of his concerts, right before COVID happened, I right. got to meet him and got his autograph. Cool. But uh, Davey was the only one that I actually had the longest conversation with. Yeah. And that was like a phone. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. But well, at least hopefully you're going to get to maybe spend a little more time meeting Mickey at RetroCon. How was that for a segue? Yeah. And I would say, are you going to the meet and greet Jody set up? Um, I'm probably not going to go that, go to that unless there's like just extra room because I'm, I have met all three of them. I unfortunately never got to meet Davey, but I met all three of them so many other times in so many situations. I don't feel comfortable like buying a ticket and taking somebody else's space. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, if there's extra room, Jody, let me know. And I can like squeeze in the back, you know, I don't care if I chat with them or not, but I'd love to, you know, hand out zilch buttons or whatever, but, um, 
but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be a screening of Head um, that yeah. you're putting together on Saturday night. I may be, we'll see. I may, I may be able to go to that too. So you know, I want one of those Zilchpins too. I uh, hook you up. And uh, the reason why I asked is because during the um, during the meet and greet, I plan to come in there. I want to meet him in person, of course. But um, I also plan to come in there in my banana splits costume. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I, I, have I mean, a, it's 70s. Got to get that feel in there. Exactly. exactly. And I have a friend, um, Jamie. I don't know if she still listens to the show. I, if you do, hey, Jamie. Uh, back at the Monkey's Con in 2014, she dressed up as Princess Gwen. She cosplayed as Princess Gwen, and she walked into Nez's um, meet and greet session, and he absolutely busted out laughing oh my good yeah i'm oh, gonna have to find the photo of that and put it up again because it's just the most hilarious thing ever <laughs> that that episode is hilarious oh yeah it's 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 probably my might be my favorite monkeys episode i know i'm not supposed to have a favorite since i do monkeys 101 and we talk about all the episodes but um you know if i had a favorite it might be fairy tale so because that was also the very first episode of the monkeys i ever saw so was it the uh, yeah? I, I, I just remember Mike saying, "Wow, what, what a piece of luck. what a groovy looking chick." Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh. I can only imagine his reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite a thing. So retrocon, I've been to my share of sci-fi and pop culture cons over the years, and. I have never organized one, but I it it just looks like a lot of fun, but also a lot of work. And I'm really just curious, how did you get involved with RetroCon? Well, you mentioned that your husband likes Transformers. Mm-hmm. And um, well, that's how my husband and I met at a BotCon convention, which is all Transformers. Right. I worked at those conventions, helping them out for years, like for about six or seven years, I would help the owner out with his convention. And my husband says, well, you're doing all this work. Why don't we try it ourselves? So in 2012, that's what we did. We put a convention together and we risked a lot of money. We always do every year. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a labor of love. And um, we promote it. But um, that's why we started it. Because I was working at a convention all the time myself and not getting paid anything. And he says, well, we can do this. We can do this. And so we did, and it turned out to be an, a success. I promote it all the time. Um, this is the first year I've tried to do it all over a podcast to promote. This is also the first year I've ever done with a radio station. I've been going out there and promoting. And actually, just as we were coming home, we were coming home from the restaurant, we heard the bumper for uh, Mickey saying he's going to be at RetroCon on the local radio station. Awesome. So, so I'm hoping we're going to have a big crowd there. And I'm hoping to see a lots of monkey cosplay. I would love to see some monkey cosplay happening. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't know if I, I, I don't really do full on cosplay, but I will be there in my pink party hat and my sparkly Nez shoes and, you know, my zilt swag. So that that kind of sort of counts. But yeah, I, I know a lot of people who do the monkeys cosplay and I wouldn't surprise me if a few of those folks turn up too. So, so I'm curious what all goes into organizing a con. So you've got this thing that happens once a year, I presume, 
Like how far in advance do you have to like start planning and what goes into it? And what are kind of like the things that people don't necessarily think about? Well, I have a lot of people that ask about setting up a convention. So this would actually answer some of those questions too. Um, I'm going to say that first off, we usually don't even announce another event until like January, December, late December, because it takes at least nine, 10 months to promote and put one together. Mm-hmm. And we usually need a break afterwards because it's a lot of work. Right. Um, my husband does all the floor plans. And we used to have to promote to dealers at other shows, but now they come to us. After 10 years, we're usually sold out of dealers' tables or vendors' tables, I do put it. Um, we usually, we're sold out by February. And wow. We announced it for two months' time, it's already sold out. And they're always contacting us. So, I mean, but when we first started out, I had to go to conventions, toy shows, promote the event, say it was happening and everything. And now... We don't even have to say that. They just contact us. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I mean, there's things that change. After a while, if an event grows and grows and grows, you don't even have to promote it for vendors. They're going to contact right. you. But uh, I still go to all kinds of events. Um, yesterday, I handed out a ton of flyers at a, a little toy show convention. And uh, last week, I handed out flyers at another toy show convention in uh, Carlisle, Yesterday was Hershey Park area. And then last Sunday, I promoted at the movie event, Head. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so much fun. And um, it was one of those events where I got to talk to a lot of monkey fans. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I know that one was a lot of people went to that. I saw a lot of posts on social about that. Yeah. And then, uh, but I mean, that's what it is. I mean, for me, I'm the promoter. And I'm the one that talks to all the talents, the agents, getting them in. And my husband takes care of all the floor plan where we're going to set everybody. And uh, basically anything that has to do with the convention floor, my husband does. Oh, cool. So that sounds like a cool um, uh, division of labor. You get to handle bringing in the people and the talent that's going to appear and all of that. And then he handles like the back ends, you know, sorting out the hotel and all that kind of, you know, less glamorous stuff. Yeah. Cause he doesn't like to be in the spotlight. He doesn't like, I mean, he doesn't mind talking to people, but he's kind of shy. No, so he doesn't, too. he wouldn't even be on Zilch because he's nervous about talking to people. And it's like, so he wants to be behind the scenes. No, that's totally understandable. I mean, yeah, I get that completely. So, but yeah, it sounds like it it really works out well that way. And that way, you, neither of you like get totally burnt out because I know it's a lot of work that goes into that kind of thing. Oh, my goodness. I remember the first year I had a half a donut about 6 a.m. in the morning because we have to be there by 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. So I had a half a donut. And I didn't eat anything else because I was running so much. I didn't eat anything else until like 7.30 that night because mm -hmm. it was so busy. Nowadays, I force myself to eat, take a Good. break. And But the first couple years, it was insane. So now we have like staff. We have friends that are staff members and we have volunteers. So it's more of a thing where it's we're prepared for it. But the first couple of years, it was pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. I imagine and if you're not used to it. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. 
Jody sounds like her event was pretty crazy too. I wish I would have made it to that monkey event. Oh yeah, the convention in 2014. Yeah, it was it was quite a thing. And I mean, I was just attending. And this was even this was actually also before Zilch. It was about a few months before Zilch started, and I was so busy just going to the thing, I was exhausted by the last day. So yeah, it was an amazing event, and I'm really looking forward to yours too. Not just not just for Mickey, though Mickey, yes, I'm really looking forward to to, to hopefully getting a chance to say hi again, but. Um, what I'm really looking forward to for me is like all the 80s stuff. Um, you know, Transformers, obviously my husband's into it. I kind of am by, you know, I'm sort of a Transformers fan-in-law, kind of like he's a monkey's fan-in-law. But also things like my favorite movie as a kid was The Never-Ending Story. And I am so looking forward to meeting Alan Oppenheimer. I cannot even tell you. I might, uh, slight heresy here, I might be more excited about that than meeting Mickey because I'm not Mickey is awesome. Mickey is cool, but I have ne I have yet to meet Falcor, and I I am excited about. Let that. me tell you, he um, Alan is amazing. We've had him out a couple times, and mm -hmm. I've known him for years. Yeah, I, Alan is almost like what Jody knows with the monkeys. Well, you know, with Mickey and them, yeah. she's known him for years. I've known Alan for at least ten years. Yeah, and I knew him before we started doing the event. Actually, I went down there. I met him in California. And we'll still, we'll meet up and have dinner when I go to California sometimes. But whenever someone's with me, and my one friend is a big Falcor fan, right? Mm -hmm. So last time he came down to the convention, he put our, his arms like this around us. I don't know if you can see it, but his arms no. were wide out. And he says, in his Fal Falcor voice, he was like, and away we go. <laughs> and it's like. So, I mean, he's really, a, I was kind of like showing, but you can't see in the video, <laughs> but I, he puts his arms out like he's about ready to fly. Oh, and uh, it's just amazing. He's amazing. And now, he's such I've, a teddy bear. He loves hugs. Yeah, I've heard he's, he's, he's amazing, a, a great to meet. And I'm really looking forward to that one too. So who else should folks be excited about meeting besides Mickey and Alan Oppenheimer? Who, who else are some of the ones that stand out to you? We are going to have a Thundercats reunion. For those that remember the cartoon from the 80s. Uh-huh. Thunder, Thundercats. Oh, we're going to have Lino. And as Larry Kenny, we're going to have Lynn Lipton, who was Chitara, and Peter Newman, who was Tigra. But uh, actually, they did several different characters. They did the kittens, which is uh, Peter Newman and uh, Lynn Lipton. They played the kittens from the series. I don't know if you remember Wally Kit and Wally Cat. Oh, yeah. But they go, back, they go back and forth, back and forth with each other. You'll sit there and watch them, and they'll be talking to each other like they're kittens. <laughs> the voices happen. And um, they're all their last remaining people from the original series, mm -hmm. unfortunately. But, yeah. you know, it's definitely going to be a fun moment. And let's see. We got, and this is one we were talking about. Bob Budinski, if I'm saying that right. He, uh, I think it's Budiansky. You're better at it than me. Bob Budiansky. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have him. He did the art and did some of the storyboards for the Transformer comics. And let me see. We're going to have Claudia Wells, who was Jennifer Parker from the first Back to the Future movie. Mm-hmm. I'm in the clock tower sheets. I want to get one of those. As you mentioned, you want to get one too? Yeah, me too. And 
My page is working horribly, but we are getting Butch Patrick too. Woohoo! So anyone to steal my hat once? He tried it. So you've seen him more before than well, I have. Well, I've only seen him the one time. It was just a very strange time. It was 2016, the 50th anniversary um, Monkeys tour, and Peter and Mickey were playing at Family Arena in St. Louis. And I guess Butch Patrick lives in that area or something. And he came to the show, and um, he saw us in the Zilch contingent and came over and started chatting. And I had gotten this spangly pink party hat because of the song from good times and he was like oh i like that hat and he like took it and he wore it for like five minutes i'm like dude <laughs> i was all over amazon trying to find that thing but he did give it back but but yes i'm looking forward to seeing him again yeah and i think jody's planning on a christmas tree there having some kind of uh photo yes. you know well, he did mention that that there were going to be some photo ops with butch patrick and mickey together which i think would be really adorable Christmas in September. Yes. Well, Christmas in July happened, so we'll just make it September instead. Exactly. And then we're going to also have Tim Clark, who was from uh, the creators of Boglins, if you remember those. Mm. And Sectars. Now, your husband might have collected some of the Sectars. It seemed like it was an 80s thing. Yeah, I'll ask him about that one. And uh, Venus... Torso, and I don't want to say her name wrong, but she was also on Ranma, and ah. she was on Beast Wars. She was Princess from, um, and I don't want to say this wrong, Captain N from the mm. 80s. Oh, yeah, Captain N. I remember that one. Yeah, that was uh, late 80s. And she was also on uh, Saving King's It from 1990. My husband oh, wow. has it listed here. Yeah, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm looking off the webpage. <laughs> I should already know this, but. I had it up, pulled up myself. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then um, we also have Kit there. And this is the original Kit that was played on the series. It's the screen-used Kit. Oh, my goodness. My brother is going to be so jealous. He was like a huge Knight Rider fan. I'm going to have to get some photos for him. Oh, yes. And we're going to have... And it. this is like a guest in itself. We're going to have the Monkey Mobile. Well, yeah. That's always a guest in itself. Yeah. And I've... I've actually seen both monkey mobiles because there's actually two that I think are both screen used out there. There's one that kind of lives out in the Midwest and then there's the one that lives in New Jersey. And yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. I um, watched this video from, uh, I think I've seen the one that was out in uh, California. Uh -huh. I was watching when the monkeys got a star. They were out on the walk there and yeah. uh, a monkey mobile. I was watching the video and a monkey mobile showed up and everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's the monkey mobile. And it's like, it's true. The, it's like having another guest there. Having yeah. a monkey mobile. Absolutely. And we're going to have a time machine and we definitely have costume contests going on. We have our friend Eric the Smoke uh, doing the costume contest. We have a t-shirt contest so bring a cool t-shirt and i do want to mention the karaoke contests for those that are brave enough to sing we'd <laughs> love to hear you oh yeah and uh a lot of cash prizes the t-shirt is like a 50 dollars prize i know that um the costume contests we have like 50 dollars, 75 and 100 for the 150 for the adults i don't want to quote this wrong Mm -hmm. And uh, the kids, the kids can win up to, I believe it's 75 or $50 for a kid. 
and uh, kids under 12 get in for free. So nice. I'm saying dress your kids up like the monkeys. Come on. <laughs> Let's get some oh, yeah. It looks like every every con and every concert I go to, there's always a couple of kids who are dressed up like the monkeys. And that's like, the, I, I mean, it's a good I thing mean, I'm not a would... judge. Let's put it that way, because they would be winning that. <laughs> I I would so love to see four little monkeys running around dressed up. Or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need a monkey mobile stroller. That sounds awesome. Well, I hope we have told everybody that this RetroCon is going to be fun for the whole family. Everybody should come, young, old, in between. If you are a fan of pop culture from the 60s to the 80s and everything in between, it really sounds like there's going to be something for everyone. So where can folks find out more about RetroCon and get tickets? They can go to RetroCons.com. And they can buy tickets there up until like the last Monday before the event. You can buy tickets. And I recommend it because you're only paying $28 for the whole weekend. Yeah, I was and- about to say that. I, I, I thank you very much. I actually have a press pass because I'm going to be covering it for the podcast. But my husband um, bought a, a ticket and he was he was really surprised at the price. You can't beat that deal for all for a two day whole weekend con. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's a convention, so yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where normally you'd be paying sixty five, seventy dollars for a weekend pass. So this is, and it's full of panels, and we do have, and I didn't mention it, but there is a uh, Saturday night concert, the Cybertronic Spree. Yeah, if you're high on going, yes, yeah. So be ready to rock the house because I mean, they're those guys are amazing. We've had them for several years now. Mm-hmm. And they really rock. They rock it. Yeah. You know? Evan has been a friend, a fan of theirs for years on, you know, YouTube and just seeing their stuff around. So we are, we are going to that and you know, maybe they can come up and do some duets or something. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. That would be cool. That would be cool if they did something with Mickey. <laughs> and um, let me see. I had something else on my mind I was going to mention too. I did mention the website. Mention the website. You mentioned the prices. Um, You'll probably see the link disappear by the the Monday before the event. That gives right. us time to put the brackets together. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And you do get like an exclusive pin or keychain. Oh, cool. We have like exclusive items that come with you if you buy a packet. And uh you'll get a you'll get an exclusive press patch for yourself. Well, thank you. <laughs> I will I will put it next to my other ones. <laughs> and then uh let me see, what else do we have? Um we do have $20. It's $20 on Saturdays. And it's $18, I believe it is, on Sunday if you go in there. Kids under 12 are free. And so, I mean, you bring a kid and they come in there in classroom and they win. They're going to actually, every kid, and I want to point this out, every kid that enters the kids contest on Sunday, they do not leave without a prize. We have like a box of oh. prizes the kids pick from. So if they don't win, you know, and there's three places in that contest. And if they don't win, they're still going to go home with something. Excellent. That sounds wonderful. So uh, we definitely like to have it as a, a kid-friendly place. And there's a lot of collectibles for us big kids, but there's a lot of toys for little kids too. Great. I'm glad to hear it. And I am just, I was already excited to go because, you know, any anytime I get to go to a con like this and especially with mickey there i was already excited but uh this just sounds like it's going to be a wonderful weekend um again it is september 
24th and 25th. 24th and 25th, thank you, at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, PA. And before I let you go to your next thing, because I know your calendar has been full with lots of radio appearances and getting the word out of the con, um, since this is a Zilch podcast, I've got to ask you our other traditional uh, questions, which are, what is your favorite monkeys episode and what is your favorite monkeys song? I would have to say this Christmas special, but it's hard to pick just one. Oh, yeah. It's... And I, I like the second season just for that because you could tell mm-hmm. they were doing what they wanted to do. Yeah. So anything from the second season really stands out for me just because they're doing what they want to do. What's your favorite monkey song? Listen to the band. We Sorry. Play you out to listen to the band. And thank you so much, Rosemary, for coming on to Zilch today. We are all looking forward to coming to RetroCon. I will have my bag full of Zilch buttons. So if you are a listener of Zilch Nation coming to RetroCon, I'll be out and about on the floor, just kind of mingling. You can meet the ever mysterious Kevin. He does exist, I swear. And, and you'll get to say hi to him, too, in between him talking to all the Transformers folks. But um I am just so looking forward to RetroCon and thank you so much for coming on. This was great having a conversation with you for Zilch and um, thanks so much. You're welcome. So I hope everybody is excited for RetroCon. I think it's going to be a wonderful event, a wonderful weekend and not just for Mickey. I mean, I'm looking forward to Mickey too, but I am looking forward to a lot of the people who are going to be there. Um, it's going to be just uh, a great experience. As, as I said, I'm really excited about uh, meeting Alan Oppenheimer, who uh, voiced Skeletor, as some of my 80s folks remember, and also Falcor from The NeverEnding Story. Oh, my favorite movie as a kid. <laughs> You're going to have so much fun, Sarah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Kevin's going to be geeking out about the Transformers stuff. It's going to be awesome. You can probably tell in the interview. We're really excited about it. So with that, it is time to wrap up this episode of Zilch, a Monkey's podcast. We will miss you, Dave. Absolutely. And we will see you next time on Zilch, a Monkey's podcast. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burke. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.